0: Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Alexander Brandon for Avon Colony, a city-building strategy game where you build a colony on an alien planet. The music goes through stages as you grow your colony, starting out mostly synthetic before adding in a lot more acoustic instruments, and at certain times, singer Elizabeth Zaroff. Alex is also a voice actor, so we chat about how he got into that part of the games industry And he offers tips on how musicians can get their foot in the door. And spoiler alert, it's through sound design, not music.
1: Aven Colony is a real-time strategy game by Mothership Entertainment, and Mothership Entertainment is composed of uh, of, of, of just a few developers. Uh, the main developer is Paul Tozer. Now, they they did have uh, they had they had a couple of other guys. One was the art director uh, that I didn't work too much with him, but I did work with the lead programmer Neil, um, who I think had since left mothership but it was essentially these three guys working in an office in Austin no
0: kidding
1: and but but most of it was really paul i had worked previously i'd started working with paul back at ion storm in 2000 2002 or around that time and he was doing ai programming he would go on to work with retro studios on the metroid prime series doing also doing ai programming uh, and he's he's a very impressive brain like he's he's comes up with systems and uh, and thinks very critically about programming, uh, as well as uh, once he started his own company, about uh, things like crunch time and you know the, a better way to run a a, uh, a game studio without mm. driving people into the ground and having certain yeah. basic work principles and 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 ways of communication. Which I you know I've, I was I'm, it's very impressive that 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 is a priority with anyone. But you know he he engaged me to do music along with, uh, and I had then. Uh, essentially subcontracted uh, Hi- Hyperduck, Chris from Hyperduck Soundworks. We had worked together previously on uh, Dust and, Alicia and Tail. Tale, and then Paul really liked the soundtrack for this game, City Conquest, which was a iOS. I can't. I can't remember if it's Android as well. I think so, uh, but it's a mobile, uh, and incredibly addictive uh, real-time strategy city-building game um, that uh, you know that he then tr- uh, you know essentially. Took that concept and expanded it into Avon Colony, which is has a ton more content. It has a ton more uh, game, you know, essentially more hours of gameplay with so many different options and so many things to consider. But it still has that same addictive quality, you know. And that's the real—that's the thing you really got to hit with a real-time strategy game is you got to get players into that groove where they're yes. monitoring, yeah, they're monitoring the right things, but they're not becoming overly frustrated. And so it's this careful balancing act, particularly. Uh, since Paul is very interested in, you know, he's he's got all this data that you can display at the same time. And so there's a lot of things that go on simultaneously that he has to catch himself on uh, because, you know, he, he loves being able to just, uh, oh, okay, what's going on uh, in terms of, you know, this set of data compared to that set of data? Um, not just uh, simple water management versus population control versus whatever. It's all the sub factors of that and it's compounded by it's in space. You're starting this, this simple colony on another planet, uh, Avon Prime. And you uh, there's different regions. Venara is the first one that you start off on. And you start with essentially it's if, you know if a ship lands and, on Mars and you see these little bubble dome tents, and if you have that in your head, that's essentially kind of the, the start of the game with learning about how to manage resources on an alien planet and, and figure out how to grow a colony into a massive city. So that's, sure. that's, that, that's basically the the description of the game but there's a ton of detail oriented stuff that goes into that which gives it its unique you know unique nature
0: yeah well and isn't there like sandbox and campaign
1: yes that's right you can essentially you know you can go into a colony and as you know, essentially do with it what you want without uh, a guided uh, set of directives uh, there is an orbiting ship that has a variety of characters on it that you're going to be interacting with. And essentially they uh, – so you have to also not just monitor your city just on the ground, but you have to be able to, to uh, also use altruism and trade negotiating powers. Uh, and also there's the the governor um, that uh, you'll be talking to that uh, also said, has their – I wouldn't say their own agenda, but their own – uh, guidelines, tasks, and principles, and, and then there's exploration and artifact finding, um, which is uh, something that is also very fascinating. And that and that doesn't you know doesn't throw necessarily throw a wrench in the works, <laughs> unless <laughs> you, unless you do the wrong things. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that you know that put, puts a level of exploration and discovery into it as well because you're dealing with you know alien, alien civilizations and um, other technology that you're not familiar with.
0: So uh, tell me a little bit about first of all just doing that very first
1: track. Yeah. Uh, so the, the first track is also Vanar, even though at first, I don't know if we had names starting out at the beginning, so I called I named the tracks after colors. So the first track I believe was blue. And this was the cool part because Paul I, you know I met with him at the at, at mothership Studios and we we sat in his office and with a big whiteboard and he described, what his vision was which is essentially something that I followed, but that we developed together as far as what the music needed to do. So he, you know, his interest level was, Hey, I'd I'd like there to be a group of tracks that are synthetic in nature, but also have organic qualities to them. I, he's like, I don't necessarily want something that sounds obviously like from an, from an eighties, you know, an eighties song. I'd like something that you can tell that it's unique um, and different and obviously synthesized in some way, but not, you know, it, not to bring it onto any level where people can recognize it and make it remind them of Miami Vice or whatever. And that makes perfect sense. Then he said, and that's the beginning of the game. Like we want this sparse atmospheric synth uh, type feel. then as the player progresses he uh, and his term was glory of civilization which is you when you start building bigger buildings and they do turn into these massive skyscrapers and uh you know the like the earth history center for example is just massive compared to the the buildings that you that you construct before that um once you get to a certain level it goes into glory of civilization and that's its own set of instruments which is orchestral. It's like I want to make it sort of classic and and glorious sounding in a in a traditional sense. So that was that was where the marriage took place between synth and orchestral but I, I gotta tell you I just uh for the first time I listened to the score as a soundtrack starting with vinar and was really impressed with how well it you know because when I first was thinking oh it's just the you know the the, the way that I built these tracks was they're all it's all one track right it's 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 one yeah. project project that I start with, you know, certain instruments and I, you know, and and that forms a framework. And then as I build and add instruments, then I take those segments or excuse me, those stems as we call them uh, either single instruments or groupings of instruments. And then I put them, I layer them on top. And the the amazing thing about those, about that stuff is that it uh, it it ends up blending really well, but also they still retain a lot of uniqueness, even though it's technically the same piece. So I get a not to toot my own horn, but I just I I went back and listening to the synth tracks as they develop into the orchestral, I was just sort of like, oh, that that's not too bad. It's it kind of feels like I'm listening to one long song, like sort of like a bolero, right? Like you know, at each time we have the the repeat of a phrase, we add, and so that's that was that was kind of the, the the intention there. About. Yeah and there's yes. two yeah there's two le- there's two pieces per uh, in the synthetic and there's two pieces where you build on top of that and add orchestral so yes sunrise yes. and then and it's a variation right it could be dawn to lunchtime <laughs> sure. and then or whatever and then and then you, you get into glory of civilization and triumph is is everything is 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 finalized and i should add that for the original or for the title track, when I delivered it to Paul, and this is another thing that I really appreciate about him, he would provide some feedback, but for quite a few songs, he was just like, this is absolutely perfect, done. This mm-hmm. sounds great. Um, and one of those was the title track where he, where I used a sample by 8DO Instruments, good old, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Trolls Fullman uh, who's a great composer in his own right. They just partnered up with Dave Smith Instruments to make the Prophet X synthesizer. Nice. Um, so I know trolls and and I used some of their vocal instrumentation uh which has phrases and you hear like this you know the yeah um and it's so it's not just a sustained note or legato ooze and ahs. And I used that for the title track and Paul was like, I really think we you should do that again for and I can't, I can't remember if it was Vinar or which, which piece it was now. Ha, I, t-
0: I think it was in Vinar.
1: Well, I know there's, and I'm sorry, I, I know there's another instrument, an ATO vocal sampler instrument oh, okay. in Venar, and I gotcha. don't think that was the one that we did live. So he said, "Let's, I'd like, an, you know, you use these vocals, and I like the use of them, so if we could do that again. And the piece that he was talking about, oh, I can't remember if it's Azura Falls, Hylas Crescent, you know, each of these is different areas of the game, but... Um, the one that I ended up doing that I I, I looked I looked at the piece and I tried all of the 8DO stuff and it really wouldn't have melded that well, mm. and so I said, "Well, we could. Would you mind if this if I found somebody to sing on this?" And he goes, "No, not at all." Um, my first go-to is always Jillian Aversa. Oh yeah, uh, she was. I mean, she is in great demand. Uh, you know, periodically. So I think she was. She had her hands full. And so uh, after that, and I don't remember how I met her, but uh, it ended up going to Elizabeth Zaroff. Oh, Um,
0: she's wonderful. And she's
1: great. Yeah, she's fantastic. Super great to work with, super professional. Yeah. Provided a bunch of different uh, takes. um, And so, yeah, and that's why it's killing me. I'll have to provide, I'll have to search around for the the actual piece that she sang on. But she did an amazing job. So that was, uh, that's part of the of the glory aspect of it is when you get in there you're supposed to be able to hear you know all manner of you know triumphant and glorious sounding stuff and her voice is certainly glorious.
0: Kind of the, the colors, if you will, of those different areas.
1: Oh yeah, um, and that I, I wish I could say there was a master plan there, but there really wasn't. I <laughs> I wrote these pieces, and and it was a question that came up early in development. I wrote these pieces asking Paul, hey, uh, you know, do you want a piece to reflect, or you know, a set as we would call them? Do you want this set to reflect a particular landscape? Now. Uh, there are areas that are, you know, frozen tundras. There's an area that's more desert, and there's areas that are more uh, temperate slash uh, jungle. And Paul Paul's response was, "I would like these to be interchangeable. You know, they they should have their own their own, you know, musical uniqueness. But he doesn't he didn't necessarily want something to sound more desert like or more snow like. Okay. So. So even though they were named after specific areas, they are in fact used in the game, not in that way. Uh,
0: Interesting. You
1: okay? Yeah, as far as I know, he, you know, he would, you know, there would be sets. Uh, so, and I didn't do any of this, which is uh, it, it was fascinating, really, because I, I've I've only worked with the Unreal Engine on and off since the Unreal Engine was made. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, I helped design the audio system for it back when the original Unreal. Game came out, and uh, and so yeah, it's been a while. It's twenty years actually, uh, but I hadn't gotten to grips with the the new implementation system known as Blueprint on the Unreal Engine Four. Uh, so Paul uh, took the the, the wave files and uh, actually the sound cues. So for a lot of these, I would go in and import, create a sound cue, or in some cases, it might have even been just waves for some of these, but. Paul would do the rest. He would, he would take them into a blueprint, randomize them as needed. Um, and at first, the intention was in fact to only start with these uh, with, with just the starting piece. And, in, and what that end, what ended up happening was is that even with four minutes or five minutes long, or however long these things were, uh, it was still a little repetitive. We didn't have a, a we didn't have the means to start at a random place in the piece which might have helped, but we uh, what ended up happening was that the two variant pieces for uh, just the colony starting would be randomized. So you might even start with the more layered piece, uh, and, and then and then it would go back to something more ambient, just to provide a breakup. Um, but it, of course, since they are the same uh, piece, it would almost sound like it's looping, but still, you know, developing. And instead of going backwards necessarily, I think more properly it would be, oh, it's sort of you know, sort of having a lull so that you don't have quite as much thickness to the piece and it gives the ears a rest and then it goes back. But usually, like if somebody, I wouldn't even say if somebody's racing through the game, an average amount of time before you really start getting into some big cities would be a few hours. Um, so th- that means if you multiply, say, eight to 10 minutes worth over that period of time, as long as it's going back and forth, it's not nearly as uh, abusive on the ears per se. I know you've talked with various game composers about different techniques, uh, segmenting, uh, and, and and saying, Oh well we're, we're we're something, you know. We have the player that, that takes this action, or something that happens in the game that needs to trigger another segment horizontally or time-wise of a piece of music. And then there's the the vertical approach, which is oh, we're going to take you know keep the piece the same. And this is essentially what happens in um, Avon Colony. Uh, vertical approach is we layer instruments or groups of instruments to give to make a, a piece you know either have a different quality, like you can. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot a very important aspect of this. And that's the the danger tracks.
0: Right, right. The, yes. have,
1: the danger tracks is when your colony is under threat by any number of things. It could be a uh, lightning storm. It could be alien uh, plague spores. could be, yeah. Uh, you know, there's quite a few things that the player has to defend against. Uh, and, you know, you can actually employ cannons to assist you with this. And there's, oh, there's also worms. Mm-hmm. Um like, like, like Dune, which who doesn't like. A Everybody's sandwich.
0: favorite. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shy, <dude. laughs> so yeah. Uh, so, so when that happens, a uh, danger, a danger track is a layer that exists on top of, I believe, it's either the second um, colony track or it's the first glory track where it just, it, you know, there's, there's more percussion, it's more driving uh, it's got some some distortion in there somewhere, not specifically guitar, but like say a synth that just goes wow. Um, and that, yeah, that's another vertical uh, technique that's used to make uh, a normally peaceful track into something that's, you know, hey, yeah, it's high tension. There's my, there's my ADD. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. I inter- I, now I remember what I was talking about. Different techniques of, of, of interactivity, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you were, you right. were saying that... Vertical versus, yep. Right, and you were saying that the randomization is still... So randomization is just one overall game audio consideration because of the nature of the medium, right? We have people that are spending much more time, but they're also more immersed and more attuned to things that they're doing uh, and th- how the game might react to them and music of course is one of those things so the the randomization is just is is one and I, I don't want to necessarily say simple but it is sort of a, a cornerstone of all aspects of of, of the game audio integration uh, job that needs to take place uh, and so therefore uh, we, you know we considered a number we considered a number of different options and we you know you can always go further right we uh, something that uh, guy Whitmore just had a, a talk on from audio Kinetic, uh was you know just more you know relating music more to what's happening in the game what the player's doing what the theme of the game is how you can construct the music to more accurately reflect what's happening at any one point in time but and that's something that we've he and I have been talking about since eons ago with uh, interactive audio special interest group he had a, a, a special or a, a, a Oh, geez, what do you call those things? A working group, yeah. He had a working group called uh, Adaptive Audio Now, and it was all it was initially formed to do was to get stories from people that had incorporated music in interactive ways, and what were those techniques? Now, since I had worked on Aven Colony, I have been employed by different clients, obviously, but the there's there's one in particular that at the moment shall remain nameless. That, uh, you know, because of, you know, super massive NDA, mm-hmm. but uh, where, you know, I, I, my eyes were open to so many more possibilities uh, in terms of just, you know, how, you know, the, those interactive audio considerations and what, you know, what audio needs to do. And I know I'm being very generic, but I'm also being <laughs> very careful. I'm also being very careful.
0: Sure. Um, no, I understand.
1: So then I'll, you know, I'll learn what I learn and then I'll go back to a previous project like Even Colony. And like I said, when I listened to the score, I was like, "Okay, so it's not like I, I'm a, I, I'm am I'm a complete hack with this new knowledge. This this music still sounds good." And that's part of that, right, is is the uh, is the imposter syndrome thing where we we never think we're good enough. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So all all uh, j- just to illustrate, just that that's something that goes on a lot in my you know ADD head is that I'll, I'll consider different techniques at different times, and I'll think, oh, maybe I should have done a horizontal approach as opposed to a vertical approach. Maybe we need to have more building blocks for the music and make it more granular so that when different things happen, uh, we can have uh, the game reflect it. But then the the alternate thought to that is, is the player going to notice it? Is it going to be obvious enough to really make a difference emotionally mm-hmm. or decision-wise? Um, and that's, again, why game... Audio, I feel, is just so much more of a chore, uh, than, then, then, uh, well, in, in a good way. Yeah. Then, oh, yeah. Yeah. Then, then, then film and TV. lot of things that inspired me during the writing process uh, well what i'm sorry one of the main things that inspired me during the writing process is the starcraft and starcraft 2 oh nice scores um you know I, i i i know jason hayes well and uh and then also russell brower but in in the case of those games they have that quality of they didn't use the techniques that I was that we even, we used on Avon Colony and, and and the variances. but during a single piece, you have a lot of dynamic stuff going on. You'll have it you know make a theme statement and then fade into the background and chill out, particularly say the, like the Protoss stuff. Protoss guy like till the, the end of time I mean the the nature of the music was was mystical uh the the nature of the characters is a lot more fascinating than something that came out of a, a Giger painting you know I'm, I love Giger but uh or or, or a, a simple Terran right um so that's what drew me to Protoss and and the music sold it Right. And, and it, a lot of that was the dynamic nature of it. You know, it, it, it comes in and it goes out while you're playing. So you don't pull your hair out and turn the music on. I, not, I mean, I mean, not to keep going off about Guy, but I have you interviewed him yet, Guy Whitmore?
0: Guy Whitmore, yep, used to be at PopCap, but I, yeah. I don't know where he is now.
1: Uh he's independent. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so I know that you know the 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 uh, the AK or Audio Kinetic lecture he gave is on Twitch, and it's they recorded it, so you can check it out. I'll give you the link or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's fantastic. I mean, he, that guy is. Uh, yeah, that's quite a yeah. visionary.
0: <laughs> I mean, just I interviewed him about um, "Bejeweled Blitz." I think it's called. Yeah, he played my eyes out for so long before I finally like deleted it off my phone. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just did too. I can't do this anymore. But uh, but just the innovations and thought that he put into that. You know, because you think you're like, okay, here I am playing Skyrim or something. What can somebody honestly do with a game on a phone?
1: Uh You know,
0: but people like Guy and there are many others who have done it too. Just prove you wrong over and over again. They're like, no, you can do really wonderfully brilliant things with audio and music in mobile games and apps, and uh, it's it's great. It's
1: delightful. You absolutely can. Uh, In fact, that is. uh, that that is along the lines of something I submitted for a GDC talk next year. Uh, oh. Is yeah, it's 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 the it's the concept of of limitation and creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I look around at, and think about, okay, we're we're in this golden age, if you will, of opportunity where we have the tools we wanted. We have uh, the you know f- to not just make the music or uh, but to integrate it. Uh, and the same goes for sound and sound design. There's so much opportunity. Uh, however, it also that works exactly the opposite way when it comes to creating something that has the unique nature of the things that we knew before. Um, so, if you you know if you're thinking about you know oh you know an easy way of looking at it or simple way of, of describing it is oh, everybody can hum the Mario theme. What's the latest game that you can just? come up with off the top of your head, just hum the theme. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, I'm going to put Avon Colony in there. I really tried to work themes into that for that reason. But even so, the nature of the music itself doesn't have, you know, an eight bit, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't repeat nearly as many times. It's more developed. So your brain can't process it. But uh, the same goes for the creation process and the integration process. And I think that, even though we t- we you know we talk to each other about, oh, here's a new uh, integration technique, here's a new business consideration, here's a new way of approaching something that ties it in with the product, oh, here's Abbey Road, look over here, bells and whistles, um, we've forgotten what it takes to generate something that when you listen to it, you're like, oh, I've I don't think I've ever or anything like that, and it's it's blowing me away. It's becoming rarer and rarer because we have this comfort zone of oh, yeah. we'll just we'll just use an orchestra. I know. I think you and I have talked about this on our last chat, uh, yeah. And I and I think you were in this on the same page. It's just sort of like ah, yeah, big it, time. And an orchestra is not the end all be all, right? It's it's not the top of where we can go uh, uh, in terms of you know, and and so the same goes for. The, how how audio is integrated and what we do uh, in order to even start building it. You know, just starting with your digital audio workstation, uh, you can use that there are techniques and there are limitation techniques and there's other things you can do to to think, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to go seriously back to the drawing board. You know, uh, the, the moment you start thinking can it can be a time when you say, no, 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 John Williams, no James Horner. <laughs> I am starting with nothing. I'm you know, make a blank slate and, and yes, you, you can create some very strange and even disturbing stuff that you don't like, but it's better to do that than to go into that comfort zone in the box thinking. So anyway, yeah, that, that's kind of, that's where I'm at uh, because when, in, when I started in game audio, it was so easy to say, Oh, we want more, more, more. We want samples. We want orchestral instruments. We want this stuff. And we got it right. You know that yeah. was easy. That, that's an easy battle to fight. Those are easy problems and challenges to solve. Now we're we're challenged far more than we ever were with this same place that we have so many more people getting into the business and then sitting down with their Spitfire libraries and going, I'm just gonna, you know, do what sounds good. Yeah. And then and then we're satisfied. Uh. Not really. Now I know I know Jason Graves. So you've talked with him. He the stuff he did on uh, to, to experiment with the orchestra on Dead Space was a great example of stepping outside that box. working on Aliens, Colonial Marines, I didn't write the music that was Kevin Ripple. He, he was fairly clever. Uh, the samples that he provided, this, the, the, the stuff that he did with the with the libraries before it got recorded in Nashville, were very simple. Uh, they did not have much massaging at all. And as I heard them, my first, my knee-jerk response was, oh my gosh, he has no, no, no sense of quality. This isn't the guy that I know. Uh, it, no, he knew that, right? he wasn't putting his hours into massaging the instruments. He was putting his time into making sure that, you know, at least the base feel was in place and people like myself had a filter that were able to say, Oh, here's how it can be integrated, blah, blah, blah. Um, And the team also was, was, was instructed on that, but most people weren't even paying much, much attention anyway. So uh, all that said, it's like you know where's the space where we have the tool sets that we can use where we're not so focused on instrumentation we're not so focused on performance as we are on the sound because that's the core of everything it's just the the you know the the, the nature of the of the uh, the timbre if you yeah. will yep. it could it, it it it's not necessarily a grit of a bowing on a violin or a viola it's uh, the opening of a filter on a synth or using an additional oscillator, or it's taking an element from that violin that creates its its quality and then combining it with something else so that we can create something that's you're like, oh man, that just sounds really super rich. A really good example of what I'm talking about is Arrival. Have you seen that?
0: No. Oh, oh Arrival? Yeah, the film. The yeah. film, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep.
1: So in Arrival, there's a blur between sound design and the score. You're not sure what's creating these sounds and didn't necessarily create a memorable quality that you hum, but it did create something memorable that when you think about the movie, you think there was something about those sounds, Mm -hmm. you know? And you're thinking, is it an alien talking or is it the score or something like that? And that's what you come away from. I think that's great. I think that that approach, if we could just keep doing stuff like that. (laughs)
0: Because you were in that, and you've (laughs) done uh, uh, many, many, many other things. So, did that start after you started writing music? I mean, for a career, I know you started writing music and and getting into music very young. But uh, you know, when you were working in the industry, did that kind of happen alongside it, or how how did that work?
1: That happened. As as, is an interesting story behind that. Um, I've always been a whatever a a voice guy and and a lot of that's quoting films and driving people crazy uh and and my wife is included in that it was a project barbecue have you heard of those okay project barbecue is held in i think i don't know if it's still bernie it's in texas it was started by george sanger uh it is currently run by uh uh, Linda law and Teresa Avalon aka spanky they it was the intention of the convention is to uh, plot out the future of music on computers over the next five years now it started in 9798 something like that uh, and I've, I've been to a few of these um, and they're fun because they're on this sort of resort in Texas and you get gourmet food and you sleep in a cabin and it's, uh when you when you go there if you're wearing any kind of logo they'll put Scott or they'll put uh, masking tape over it there's you know nobody can rep, be, be representing any company it has nothing to do with company agendas mm. and it's so it's, it's it's nice it's refreshing at one of these conventions I imitated George or I did some quote or something and it was at dinner and sitting next to me was none other than Roger Lynn who, this would be years later. I I knew he was a, a synth designer. Hmm. I had no idea that he created the world's first drum machine. Uh, <laughs> that 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 you know that was used on countless '80s records. Peter yeah. Gabriel, all this stuff, and that you know even now he's innovating with these cool things like the L instrument. Yeah. I like to watch his videos on YouTube. He's got this almost ASMR quality voice, right? And so he was sitting next to me, and he said. Uh, you know, you should think about doing that for a profession. <laughs> and I mentioned that to my wife, Jeanette, and she said, I've been telling you to do that. You really do need to go do that. And I did. I went to, I had I knew I knew an agent because I had been on the other side and had hired voice talent for games like Deus Ex Invisible War. And I went back to uh, DB Talent with Deborah Duckett and they've been my agent since 2010 or so. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's how that started. My friend, you may not realize it, but you have served the Empire. Indeed, all of Tamriel in ways you cannot possibly imagine. Ah, but you care little for politics. Am I right? You want money, and money you shall have.
0: You're still working on all of that, then? That's still a part of your your deal?
1: It is, and it's str- it, it, it's one of the things that, and in fact, Guy Whitmore does say, expand your skill sets if you want to work in the game industry. Um, don't just discount sound design because sometimes it can be very similar to writing music. A lot of people think of sound design as, Oh, I don't want to, you know, I want to be, I want to write music. I want to be a composer. Yeah. There's so many people that want to be composers now. It's just, yeah. you know, I try not to tell, to discourage people from pursuing dreams, etc. but the numbers don't lie anyway. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, I, I tried, I, I I diversified and I, I love sound design just as much as voice acting, just as much as music. I think I lean more music because that's where I started, mm-hmm. um, but they're all just as much fun to me. Um, so it's something that I'm still pursuing, but it depends on the day as to whether I'll get you know hired for a part or not. It it is I would say there are people that I know that just do voiceover, and it is still quite challenging. is kind of the same way. Oddly enough, it's sound design that seems to have more opportunity in it, and yet we still have people that aren't going for sound design as much as even voiceover or uh, the music.
0: great to get caught up with you it's been too long it really has we've got to do this more often yeah yeah and uh yeah just thanks for the chat it was really nice to speak with you again
1: thanks for the opportunity i i'm looking forward to hearing more of your shows
0: Thank you for listening to episode 99 of Level with Emily Reese. In episode 100, I'll share with you a conversation I had with Gary Scheiman about our favorite music. You can learn more about Alexander Brandon at funkyrustic.net, and he has a Bandcamp page, too. You'll find a playlist from this episode at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media.